station to station back for a Christmas edition. Uh, we have a couple moves that the Jays have made, so we wanted to reconvene after a little break to talk about them. I am back, of course, always with my battery mate, Dustin. How has your Christmas been and your holidays and, and all that? Uh, you know, it's been good. It's, it's, uh, um, maybe just an average year, uh, you know, nothing too big, nothing too small. Uh, you know, with the, after COVID and everything, you know, it's kind of nice to get back to just a normal Christmas year. How about you? Yeah, it was, I, I feel the same. Um, you know, I have a young son, so he's kind of starting to understand what Christmas is, but not really. So, you know, he had kind of fun just cause he, you know, there's so many people to, you know, play with and other kids around and whatnot. So uh, it was definitely, definitely a good Christmas. Uh, and New Year's is coming, but I'm kind of looking forward to, this is usually the point of the Christmas break where I'm like, yeah, let's just get back to rhythm. You know, I'll, I'll enjoy the time off uh, until Tuesday, but I, uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a person of of habit. So it's like, uh, I'm, I'm good with going back to my, my routine of, uh, you know, working eight thirty four thirty and podcasting later on at 9 PM at night. So, well, let's hope there's some moves we can talk about as well. Yeah. I'm kind of the same, you know, the creature of habit and I get kind of antsy when I have too much time off and nothing to do other than sit around and play video games. So I'm glad we're doing this. (laughs) That's exactly what I did today. All right, Dustin. uh, So the Jays have made a couple moves in the last, I guess, 48 to 72 hours. Kevin Kiermaier coming back on a one-year deal. Uh, So he's he's been resigned. And the, I guess, the new player is Isaiah Kinner-Falefa. And the question I have for you, Dustin, is are these moves like steps building to, you know, something greater this off season or is, are these just moves that will never ever fill the vacuum created by a player that the Jays unfortunately were unable to sign? Uh, I mean, I tend to probably land on the, the first one there that you, you suggested is that these are, um, let's say these are typical moves that you would make towards the end of a free agent class. Once you've got your big, you know, flashy deal, and then you fill in around the edges with, uh, you know, as we did last year with Kiermaier um, and someone like IKF, you know. So to me, it's a little odd that they're kind of happening now. Who knows why or the insights on timing and whatnot. Um, I know that they were pursuing Cody Bellinger, or at least that's what, you know, all the news reports say. And I think I saw something where Cody Bellinger was probably not going to make a decision till towards the end of the year. So maybe they're just kind of trying to fill in, hedge their bets, or just, um, you know, maybe they've kind of feel like they're not going to get him. And so they're, they went with, with uh, KK. Um, you know, I mean, let's just maybe deal with these one at a time. If, if you want to do that. Um, I think Kevin Kiermaier for me, and that, I mean, this is a, good move i i remember at the beginning of or at the end of the last season thinking you know i'd love to have him back he's a kind of a vibes guy um seems like a good clubhouse guy seems enthusiastic to want to be here just all the sort of the peripheral 
non-baseball stuff was all good for him. So I liked watching him. I liked having him on the team. Um, and, you know, he, I mean, he had a pretty good year last year. And I don't think the outfield um, was necessarily the problem. I mean, to me, the problem with the offense was, you know, the big guys in that we expected to do a lot for this team underperforming. Vladdy, Kirk, and maybe Varsho as well. So, I, you know, I, I'm fine with having him back. I think going into the offseason, he was actually one of the players I did want to retain. But I also felt that it might be tricky to retain him because of, you know, his position. And, you know, he's obviously a, a gold glove center fielder, but not really much of a bat. And in fact, I actually think last season was one of like his best years of the plate. And, you know, you know, he, he's just not, he's just not known for his, um, for his offensive prowess. So I thought um, he might be kind of a casualty of basically improving the team. Right. And, and you'd mentioned Cody Bellinger, you know, lots of, uh, of course, talk about Cody Bellinger. We don't know how, um, how truthful or in reality that is. I, I think with, you know, with the Jays being pretty much in on everybody, I, I think we have to uh, assume that, that it was, you know, in, uh, somewhat truthful, uh, their interest, of course. And, you know, of course, of his uh, reciprocal interest as well. Now, I don't, I do think this is probably a hedge uh, because I don't think that this totally precludes the Jays from signing Bellinger uh, if they can get him at the right price. And I think, I think what we're seeing right now, and, and I have often over the past few weeks, you know, kind of just, I, 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 throw Cody Bellinger's name into Google and I see what news articles come up and there doesn't really seem, you know, there's not really any, any movement. It, you know, the Cubs are interested. The Jays are interested, you know, the giants, cause you know, they don't seem to be able to sign anybody of any substance. Um, and so it just seemed like this kind of wheel that keeps spinning, but not really, it wasn't really stopping. And uh, I think that probably is, you know, there is um, a stark difference between what Scott Boris and Cody Bellinger value themselves as and what the teams are valuing them themselves. Because if he, if, if a team offered him what he wanted or what they valued Cody Bellinger at, I think he would have already signed. And so what I, I, what I think, you know, because Scott Boris, you know, 200, he wants 200 plus million some kind of contract in that um stratosphere for uh for bellinger and now most predictions seem to think that he's you know 170 180 less than 200 so there's a, there's you know there's there's a, a bit of a a bit of a difference there and i think what the jays uh are doing like if at minimum this sends scott boris a message saying like we don't need a center fielder man you know, like we have a center fielder. We already had one, a decent one. Uh, and, you know, yes, we'd like your player, but we like your player at the right price. And as much as I want them to go out and land, you know, the best position player um, still available, 
I don't want the Jays to overpay for him because, of course, you know, we know the the elephant in the room is, you know, two-year window and um, Bo and, and Vladdy, you know, becoming free agents and all that. And I, and I wouldn't want to hamstrung myself uh, for maybe not being able to do something with one of them. I, I like Bellinger. I think he's a good fit. Um, I have read a lot of articles about, you know, he had, of course, he had these few rough years. That seems to be directly related to not only injury, but like poor, like there was some kind of um, the rehab and the way they treated this injury was not good. And, you know, if any sort of injury in any sport, if you don't treat an injury properly, getting back to the highest level is going to be difficult. Um, of course, Cody Bellinger, you know, every single article on the face of the earth has mentioned his quote unquote, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now, you can't see it, but quote unquote, uh, ball tracking stats, right? And oh, you know, he's, his, his hard hit, um, percentage is the same as i don't know his teammate yon gomes or something and so i i don't know i'm i'm not too concerned with a drop-off but i also don't want the jays to overpay either yeah i mean i think you're right that um you know adding Kier, uh Kiermaier to this team you know sends a signal in that you know hey we're we're not going to sit here on our hands and wait for your player. Um, no matter how many, you know, news articles that are coming out saying the Blue Jays are the favorite for you. I mean, you know, we're not going to wait. I mean, it does kind of make it a little awkward um, when you, you, you know, you sign, you have three center fielders, four, if you count George Springer on this team to play three spots in the outfield, you know, so, and Cody Bellinger's not going to want to sign somewhere where he's going to be, you know, DHing. Um, so, you know, maybe they, maybe there's trades or, you know, things that they could do um, on that front. You know, so I, to me, the Kevin Kiermaier signing kind of just um, meant that we were, moving on from Cody Bellinger. I mean, that was my assumption. I know a lot of people are still saying, as you just articulated, that, you know, there's still possibilities, there's still a way that it can make it work. You know, maybe you could DH Springer and then have, you know, Bellinger in right or something. But, I mean, Bellinger's not going to want to do that necessarily. He's not going to be happy about that. You know, if he values himself as a center fielder and thinks that's part of his value, not if he signs... 200 million for 10 years i mean maybe he doesn't care like he's got you know he's got 10 years to think about um about that so maybe that's not as big of a worry but i'm, I'm sure he's going to want to be a center fielder if that's you know he values himself that way but you know i mean to bring it back to your other you know your initial question you know does this kind of signal some kind of panic move or whatever on behalf of the team to to like you know satisfy the <laughs> the frustration of the fans after losing out on Otania I don't think so at all I, I you know I think like I said this is this and then the IKF signing are kind of just peripheral signings that they I, you know feels like 
they just kind of got done. They had the timing or discussions advanced to a point where they worked it out and they're like, you know what? They see something, they know what they've got in Kevin Kiermaier and, and maybe they see something in IKF. Um, you know, to sign him for whatever reason. Maybe they've got... So my assumption is that, at least with the IKF, maybe we can move on to that, is that my assumption with them, with that signing, is that there's something else um, down that they have kind of either in the works or that they have um, plans for to trade like an Espinal or a Biggio um, or something because I, I don't see how uh, this team can carry and, and David Schneider and Espinal on this team and David Schneider yeah you're right um, now I, you know IKF is let's let's say the positives of who he is is he's basically can play every position on the field um, he can catch he can play outfield and every infield position I mean just go just searching his name on Twitter you see the Yankees teams tweeting stuff about like is he gonna play nine all nine positions because he pitched as well in a couple games last year so <laughs> um we got the true two-way player, and <laughs> but um, yeah, so he's. I think that the team likes that when you've got so much in the outfield um, locked up. I think having somebody that can just move around and give you that flexibility is valuable, and I've seen them do that kind of move for the last however many years. Ross Ask Ross Adkins has been. Um, uh, you know the GM, so I, I think that, yeah, it, that's all it is. It, it, this is a peripheral move. There's something coming down the pipe that will make this make sense. I hope. Uh, IKF, as seems like we are calling him, he, you know, he is the I get he's the utility man, and it seems like you know I guess it it doesn't take a genius to figure out. That essentially he's the Whit Merrifield replacement, and uh, I, I I kind of thought like oh is, is you know is he actually? And then I looked up um, their WAR and IKF's WAR is zero point one, so he's basically an average player, but he's an average player that can play all over the field. And Whit Merrifield's WAR last year was zero point seven, so not even a full win above replacement for Whit, and given you know what he was owed in terms of his options uh, this you know this seems like a no-brainer um seems i guess this seems like he's kind of a essentially you know as you said a peripheral a support player you know if uh springer needs a night off you can go on right uh if uh you know maybe there's an injury to boba shed he can step in at short uh I, I don't know it doesn't seem like it's a um an option that is going to be playing every day at the same position. Um, so I, you know, I don't think he's going to be slotted in at third, but you know, I, I think we probably will see some him at games at third, assuming that Matt Chapman isn't re-signed. I don't think IKF is the third base um, signing. Like you said, he's the replacement for the Whit Merrifield. And I think, you know, 
defensively he's better than what Mer- Merrifield. Um, he, he's got he won a gold glove ability. Yeah, and, and you know maybe offensively he's not as good. Um, but you know there's some. I tried to do some uh, let's say uh, you know spin on his his numbers. I tried to look through it. The only thing I could really find he had a pretty good. Um, July, June and July summer months, and I believe, if I recall correctly, that's kind of when um, Aaron Judge went down for a little while last year, and he probably had more of an everyday role. Just looking at his game logs, he kind of had sort of a sporadic, you know, as you would expect with someone, you know, at the replacement level kind of bench guy. You know, he didn't play every game or he didn't start every game. But during those months, he started most games, most days, um, as you know, because of Judge's um, injury. And you know, those were his best months. So there's maybe something to be said with you know, you give him a little more opportunity to play, a little more reps, you know, whatever. Maybe he's he's better than um, his numbers. Uh, that could be a little bit of a like I said, a, a spin, <laughs> a cope, but. You know, I, as long as we set our expectations you know, appropriately for him um, and don't expect him to be, you know, the savior, um, I think it's it's a pretty good piece. Again, a, a lot of the kind of conversation around him um, has justifiably been, well, this doesn't really make sense. You know, we've got Espinal, we've got Biggio, we've got these guys already. That's it's not what you know, we need, quote-unquote. Um, what we need is a power bat, somebody that, you know, can replace Brendan Belt and can, you know, provide more offense, more home runs, not, you know, kind of a, a utility guy. Well, we need a middle-of-the-order thumper, right? So, you know, it preferably someone who is safety as well would be nice, but I guess at this point... I don't know. Can we beggars can't be choosers? Are we at this point, Dustin? <laughs> I maybe. I mean, it has to come in a trade. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's at least I'm. I would hope that's what Ross is looking for is some kind of trade to make that happen. And maybe maybe Schneider or Biggio or, or um, Espinal are part of that um, package and or at least part of what they're kind of floating out there. And so they're like, okay, well, let's get somebody that can shore that sort of roll up while we're, you know, kind of making these rolls. Maybe they trade AKF to somebody else. Like, who knows? Who knows? Well, yeah, that's. I guess it's a possibility. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if you sign with the team and then and then get, then get dealt right away. But... Um, you know, I this offseason is not getting any easier for the Jays, that's for sure. And I guess I guess we'll see in the coming I guess January is going to be probably an important month for them and uh it's February leading into, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting to see where this team is at and um you know, when when Kiermaier when they when I I was so I was sitting at Montana's in Collingwood and I hadn't really had my phone kind of, I wasn't on my phone much that day. And I, I see on the screen, Kevin Kiermeyer, you know, flashing up 
and I sent you, I sent you and Rob a text, basically like, whoa, they're they're really they're really taking this whole run it back thing to a whole new level, and um, so far there has still has not been a significant change. So you know, I I think we have to assume there's a big change, or at least they're trying, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where this leaves the team in terms of like there. You know, there has to be something in the hopper that is is being worked on. Um, but yeah, I don't like the. I'm not upset that Kiermaier's back. You know, I know we kind of we just talked about that, but I'm not upset that he's back. You know, I think he's just you know he's just a nice player to have in your team. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if, if that really addresses any need other than, as I said previously, it just, it's kind of hedging or just, you know, well, we, we, it doesn't look like, you know, we're the, we're, we want to get, it doesn't look like this player wants to come on the terms we're willing to offer. So we'll just look elsewhere and, you know, that's life, right? You know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, right? That would be ridiculous, right? So. And I had this thought the other day, you know, I think that uh, when I remember what we were thinking about at the beginning of last year and the team that they had constructed, I think we were pretty positive. I think that Ross Atkins believed in the team that we had last year and they underperformed. I think most people would say that the, the team that played last year didn't play up to their on-paper level that they should have there are a lot of underperformances i mean manoa you, i mean we couldn't have predicted the absolute crash of his ability to throw strikes we couldn't predict you know that i mean maybe you could predict Vladi was going to regress even more but you know you thought that he would at least be uh, a little bit better i think we thought he obviously they obviously believed in kirk um you know, based on them trading Moreno and, you know, they traded for Varsho and they thought he was going to be, you know, a good contributor. And I think all three of those guys, four of those guys failed to live up to what they thought they could. I think they probably still believe that those guys could be better than they were last year. And so even if they were marginally better than last year and you improved it with somebody, you know, like we're talking about like a Bellinger type or, or, you know, who knows, a, a trade. I think th- this team could be, uh, I, I, I just, I don't think that 2023 is the the benchmark. I think that's kind of the floor and we can hope for a, a little bit higher. So you're, you're an optimist. Yeah, I, I am up. Op- I am an optimist. Yeah. For, you know, especially when it comes to like people, when people you've seen do it before, um, like, um, Vladdy. I mean, his 2021 season was um, insane. And so uh, literally MVP caliber season, if not for what, you know, Otani was doing. So, you know, I, I feel like he could do it again. He's just, you know, they've got to do it. I feel like um, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of hope that we've kind of been, that has been crushed out of us after what happened last year. But I think it's still there. Um, maybe I'm just, uh, you know, coping or whatever. But I, I think, you know, we can believe a little bit in this team, to in this team's ability to do better than last year. 
Yeah, I, I think offensively there's, you know, a lot of room for improvement. I think we can, you know, I could see I can see Vladdy being better. I can see Bo being even better. Um, I think the problem seems to be that, you know, after what you're one through four, it, it significantly drops off and in terms of the batting order and what the guys coming to the plate just can do. Um, you know, obviously Danny Jansen will be back healthy. I'm sure he'll be injured, you know, for a good portion of the season again. But um, it it just seems to be that bottom half of the order. And in general, just extra base hits, right? Like that, it just seemed to be, um, like I was talking uh, with a high school friend of ours who you, you haven't seen in a while um, yesterday. And, you know, it's, it, it's just, it would last year was the year of like the, the, the single. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And they definitely need to um, bring in some, some power. Um, even, you know, if it means sacrificing, you know, some on the field, you know, defensive ability, somebody who just can mash um, and, you know, will accept some liability in the field. Um, you know, I think, yeah, it, you're right. If they went into the season with the team as it's constructed today, you know, I wouldn't be very hopeful. But my hope kind of springs from the last few years. This team has been, um, you know, making trades, making, you know, uh, signings that have continually added um, reasonably good players to the team. And, you know, they've been disappointed. They've underperformed. But, um, you know, that can't, that can't be the truth forever. I think there's got to be one of these times where everything clicks. Well, one thing that I've been thinking, like, okay, so here's the scenario. So let's say, let's say they don't, you know, they don't bring in Belliger, they don't bring in a big bat. They sign, I don't know, Ahmed Rosario and maybe a couple other, you know, Jock Peterson and you know some other guys that are just, you know, kind of guys you can fill in. But let's say they signed uh, Vladi and Bo to big extensions, right? Do you think that would change your opinion of this offseason? Uh, if they signed it this offseason? Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is like the money that they um, they were kind of setting aside for one free agent, they split it in two and gave it to Bo and Vladdy and said, here you go. Here's here's your 10-year, you know, $300 million contracts. Um you know, we now there's some certainty that these guys are going to be around for a while. Do you think that changes the off season in terms of well, you know, like we, you know, we resigned these guys and the the window of you know whatever the window's not closing, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, because everything, the yeah, the the elephant that's like this giant elephant in the room is there's a two year window, two year window. You know, guy, like uh, like we constantly like I'm almost getting tired of hearing it because. You know, there's this constant talk about it. And, and so what I'm saying is like, okay, so, you know, you failed in the pursuit of a generational talent. Why not take that money that you're going to give to them and give to two players that you already have and just basically 
here you go. You're you're, you're going to be until your mid thirties. You're going to be Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, I I think it would change my perception of the future. This team's willingness to continue winning and continue to find a way to improve. Um, but it wouldn't necessarily like that doesn't add anything new to the roster. I, I mean, I, I guess you're saying the Jock Petersons or whoever they kind of fill in. Yeah, you're gambling there on Vladdy coming back and being better, which I think he can be. I think I think he will. I I like even if it's not like in 2024. I I'm I refuse to believe that Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is this is the way it is. He's 24 years old. He's like the youngest player on the team. Like this is if you're gonna just give up on this player, like I, I don't know. It, I don't know what to say. Did you hear the? Um... There was an interview, I think, um, on Blair and Barker. Uh, it was the, David Ortiz. Uh, on, yeah, the Ortiz. You heard that one? Yeah, he, I mean, he was saying essentially that. Yeah, he's saying that, you know, Vladdy is, you know, he's young. He's still learning. He's he's going to break out and, you know, just watch. Uh, you know, he could be right. Uh, I mean, Ortiz knows what he's talking about to a certain degree um, in that he knows Vladdy and he knows you know what it's like to be a baseball player what it's like to come in at a young age like that and and have a lot on your shoulders so hey man you know you know yeah i'd be i'd be happy with that would change color change the my perception of this offseason if yeah they filled in the edges they filled in the roster they brought in somebody with some reasonable power let's say <clears throat> like a jock peterson i think that'd be pretty That'd be an okay signing, and then yeah, sign big contracts to, especially Bo. I mean, I I'd have no qualifications for him in signing something like that. Vladdy, you know, you're taking a little bit of a risk, but like you said, like I think we believe in him, and I think um, those would be uh, great sort of. Uh, I don't know if they're they're consolation prizes to not getting a Tani, but you know reasonable enough promise to the fans like hey we want to keep these good players around and we're here to for the long haul well i i think i think it would leave a fan base conflicted and you know it's i feel like there's already a significant amount of uh, of fans just you know if you, you know there's fans that are like oh my god or well let's be honest there's fans that that don't believe that the jays were ever serious contenders for Shohei, right? And those same fans are not very pleased with these, you know, follow-up signings, right? Um, and so, the, like, the fan base, I think, is already seemingly conflicted, right? Already, it, it, there seems like, and and I was kind of talking to you guys um, about this a while back, where like, there's reality, and where the fan base is at, just seem to be totally in different places. Um, you know, like there were towards the end of November, you know, there, the Jays were, you know, basically in the final two to sign probably the best baseball player that like maybe by the end of it, he may be the best baseball player that's ever lived. Right. And the Jays were in, you know, the final two, but it just seemed like nobody actually believed that was the case. Right. And that's kind of. A little bit of how Major League Baseball, the free agency is set up because the Jays, um, the Jays can't talk 
like no and let until you get until you um have a physical passed by a player that's when you can say oh yeah we signed you know we signed such and such right so um i don't know have the jays actually officially announced ikf yet because I, I think so far it's just been like reports or whatever no the the official for kiermaier just came out yeah so so he's he's good and whatever but basically the way that the collective bargaining um agreement works with teams is they can't comment on anybody in fact they can't even say that they weren't interested right so when that friday that crazy friday happened and of course we you know station to station did contribute to that a little bit just a just a wee bit um where we you know there was press conference equipment delivered to the skydome that that did happen and it was picked up on tuesday because there was of course no announcement um but what i was thinking was like oh why didn't ross atkins come out and just like get you know even do like his his zoom call and say hey like guys this is this is bullshit right like we're you know yes we're interested but like he ain't coming he's not on a plane to toronto right now the problem is is and i re i learned that weekend is that he couldn't actually do that he's actually not permitted to do that and so mm, um right. i i think it's probably so that it's probably so teams don't like collude and like you know try to drive down the value of players i'm assuming that's probably what it's yeah uh in related to but um but yeah it's just this this weird kind of difference of like and and i don't know and, and you know we're we're recording this on december 28th so maybe maybe january 28th we should come back and see like a month later like has anything changed um you know is have they signed any players like what what is the you know what are the comment sections you know what are what are they what are they saying do you know what i mean about about um what exactly well just about the off season like 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 are 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 the you know like do they sign jorge soler you know and then everybody's like excited or do you still have those like same curmudgeons that are like ah, i still don't i don't believe in this team right you know what i mean like yeah you're gonna have those no matter what if they signed otani there'd be people saying oh you know you spent 700 million on this guy blah 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 you know okay you're 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 crippling this team in the future even if they came out with you know the deal that dodges you know so there's curmudgeons with every signing well, Dustin, two signings in two days, and uh, I guess that's I got you know things are things are moving quickly now where they were moving like um, like sloth like progress pre prior. So maybe we're gonna see some uh, signings coming fast and furious here. Yeah, I think once I think after New Year's we'll we'll see a couple more uh, things happen if we don't you, you know today or tomorrow. Um, things will kind of jump down maybe over the weekend and we'll I, I think in january we're going to see a lot can you give me a prediction like maybe a player you'd like to see signed or like what you know are they gonna make a trade like throw throw me throw me something you think may happen where i'm not gonna hold you to it but man it, it's so hard to predict i mean i think it's gonna be a trade and that's my problem is like i don't know i don't know who they're pursuing who they're talking to what they're doing so it's hard to predict a trade i mean I think you know that they're looking at um, they're looking at a third baseman. I think is what it's coming down to. I mean, judging by the 
um, KK signing. So whether it's it's Matt Chapman or a trade for something, uh, I don't even know who's out there on the trade market for a third baseman. But that that's my um, guess is that they're going to try and fill that middle of the order bat with somebody that plays third base. So, all right. I'm pure, pure, so pure fantasy, Dustin, like pure fantasy. I want them to trade for Jose Ramirez from the. Yeah, Guardians. of course. <laughs> yeah. So, this is somebody, this is a player that they've been kind of, there was some trade talks before about with him. Um, he has a full no trade clause, so he can say no. Mm. But the Guardians are one of the teams that are have been affected by that regional TV um, bankruptcy. Yeah. So the reason the reason why the Texas Rangers didn't really make it to the finish line of the Otani sweepstakes is there like, something with their regional TV deal, Bally's or something. Um, this company went bankrupt. Anyway, there's a bunch of teams that are all kind of, I think the Mariners, the Guardians, the Rangers, there's a few more of them, mm. but that are all kind of looped into this. And um, I think I think you got to be an opportunist here. And, uh, you know, if, if you know, we're, we're having all these, I, like to me, all signs point to the fact that they're going to re-sign Matt Chapman, right? And the run it back team, run it back. I, we're going to, we're going to make a banner. We'll be out and we'll be out in right field with our team, run it back banner. But, yeah. <laughs> um, right. If they re-sign match, I it's pure, this is pure run it back, but why not? Um, you know, if we're, if we're looking for the third baseman, like, you know, so, so we were supposed to go all in on Juan Soto. Right. And really, you know, I'm going to, I, I will say that I was wrong and that we should have probably tried to get that one, if you didn't think you could get Otani and really the way things worked out, I don't think they were ever were actually going to get it. Not because he wasn't going to come here, not because they weren't going to put up the money. It's solely that the they were competing against the Dodgers. And that was just that was just gonna that's always where he was gonna go. It was just the way it was. And maybe, maybe he should have pivoted sooner and and pulled off a Juan Soto deal. Saying that, given what the Yankees gave up, I don't I don't know if the like they, they gave up a lot of pitching. <laughs> I don't know if the I don't know if the Jays really have that kind of um you know in the farm farm system but um but basically like if you if you if you were going to go in on Juan Soto like why not go in on basically one of the maybe top 3 maybe you know arguably best third baseman in the game um go in and for him and he's in his early 30s and I don't think he's on a huge huge contract but that's again he's not it wouldn't be a rental um I, you know, you'd probably have to give up probably Manoa and a bunch of other, you know, players, but I don't know. I'm going to say there's, there's, there's my fantasy move that, you know, I'm going to go to bed tonight and, and hope happens. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd absolutely be on board with that. No doubt. You know, uh, maybe Nolan Arenado as well, Manny Machado, somebody like that, you know, Hey, like, let's just go after the big boys. That's fine. <laughs> you know, that, that'd be great. Well, no, and and the only reason I like, you know, I, I did propose a very a fantasy land deal involving Nolan Arenado during the season. Yeah. Um, he is. I think he's like a. I don't know. I get the feeling he's a little bit older, or he's just. He seems that there's some concern that he might be on the decline. Like he's probably still going to be a productive player. But it doesn't seem like Jose Ramirez is like. There doesn't seem to be really any concerns or talk about that. Also. 
I, although the Padres do have to shed, they do have to shed some some salary. So maybe there's some, maybe maybe uh, Machado's, you know, maybe there's maybe there's something there, right? Maybe 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 there's another team that you know you can maybe um, be a little bit of a vulture too. Yeah, I think about the the thing about Ramirez though is like he's so locked in in Cleveland. Like as far as I understand, he's like you know like beloved there he loves the city he signed there with a pretty team-friendly deal relative to you know his value Uh, you know i think it's got to be i just think it's really hard to find a a world in which cleveland trades him but you might be right maybe they just need to shed the money they you know they hate to do it but they got to um you know who knows yeah it's business Um, right um okay so that's my fantasy like hope but i think i think we're gonna see multiple trades and not not big ones uh but i think it's like you know like espinal and and the kind of these Mm -hmm. supporting players are moved off and you know and they're not i don't think they're gonna be for um you know players that are gonna maybe step in right away but I, i think you're gonna see multiple trades uh and i i gotta think that there's a signing of either Reese Hoskins, Jorge Soler, um, like that kind of ilk, where it's a middle of the order, um, can play DH kind of guy. Um, I think that's, I think that's, you know, I think that's where we're heading. Um, so I'll say that. That'll be my prediction is they'll have multiple minor trades and they'll have a, they'll sign a middle of the order bat. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something along those lines. We've got to fill those spots, whether it be, you know, with a Chapman and then a DH guy or or with a third baseman and a DH. But you got to fill those two spots and, and then maybe add some uh, pitching depth. But they already, I think they already did that. There was another guy they signed to a minor league deal, which I think is just pitching depth. Um, because I think, you know, the Ricky Tiedemann, who would likely be trade bait but um he is a, a pitcher that's kind of on the on the fringes the next in line you know if if um Manoa doesn't uh, bounce back uh so i think they might want to add some pitching depth as well so like you said yeah those little around the edges things but they they do need to kind of come in with a big guy somewhere somehow yeah and you know, I, I, everyone seems to, you know, as I said, Kevin Kiermaier doesn't preclude them. It, it probably says that a Cody Bellinger deal is unlikely. I, I don't know if like, and this, I, I I'm probably going to be completely off base on this, but like, I don't know if I would be totally surprised if that still happens because they probably, they probably still would be interested at a certain price. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, would he play in center field every day? No. Um, but you know, you can play at first center field, you know, throw him at a DH. He can, he can, it's like, you can basically say, listen, Cody, we're, you're going to, we're going to play every day, yeah. right? You're going to get at bats every day. And you know what? Guess what? We're going to save your legs, save your legs for the, for, you know, your at bats, right? You'll, you get plenty of at bats while we, while we figure out kind of all this. Well, while we figure out how to get four center fielders, you know, in the lineup, but I, I wouldn't be um I wouldn't be totally surprised if there's like this weird um 
kind of they like they kind of do like a u-turn mm-hmm. right where it seems unlikely because you know like he's a lefty bat and and he seems like he can hit and god knows they need guys who can hit so um yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know what this team's gonna do i don't know anything so i'm just i'm just you know yeah i'm just a talking head at this point you know bullshitting my way through it so <laughs> aren't we all Speaking of Cleveland, one interesting player that I'd be interested in is Josh Naylor. Um, he's a DH kind of first baseman uh, on the Guardians. He's Canadian, um, really young. I don't know if they'd be willing to trade him, but the Naylor brothers, I think he's got like two brothers that are also like um, either in the minors or coming up, one in the majors, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean... You know, he'd be one that I'd be interested in for the DH spot. Well, Dustin, I think that is all the time we have. Where can we find you? You can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter, at Rusty Hoser. All right, and you can find us, uh, that being Station to Station, at S2S Pod, uh, on the same website. Um, you know, we will... If there's any press conferences, Dustin, we'll be will be and equipment is delivered, we'll be first to break it. I'll I'll I'll, I'll I will I will make that promise as I know who's do, who I know who will be delivering it. So anyway, um, but again, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Al. 